Hi, everybody. Welcome to this new episode of the One Network Show. I'm Rémi Laurent from Semtech, LoRaWAN director and also chairman of the Laura Alliance Operator Community. You know that this One Network Show is able to walk you through LoRaWAN operators all over, all over the world, showing that Laura LoRaWAN connects everywhere. Today, we go to Brazil, and we have the pleasure to welcome American Tower do Brazil, represented by Daniel Lapper, in charge of IoT business, LoRaWAN, but not only, also fiber optics for American Tower do Brazil. Daniel, welcome on board. It's good to have you, and I will let you present you and introduce your company. Hey, thanks, uh, Hemi. Thank you very much for the invitation to be here on this event. Thanks also for Centec and Lora Alliance. Uh, my name is Daniel Lapir. I'm based in Brazil. Uh, I'm Senior Director of Fiber in the Business Development for American Tower uh, in Brazil. American Tower, as the name says, it is an American company and also a tower company. But more than that, it's a shared infrastructure company for telecommunications mostly. Uh, so we have towers. We are present today in 25 countries. We have around 20, 220,000 sites on those countries, telecommunication sites, where we have this as a shared asset for our customers, mainly the main operators in each one of these markets. And besides that, we have other kinds of shared infrastructures that we also have developed. Uh, some examples are the fiber, as you, you mentioned. Uh, we have fiber networks in some countries. We also have a data center in some countries. And, and as, as the subject of this, this talk here, we also have deployed an Internet of Things neutral host network in Brazil that we're going to have the opportunity to explore more on this talk. Okay. Can you share how special you are as a LoRaWAN public operator in Brazil and what type of LoRaWAN networks you are deploying nationwide in Brazil? Yeah, sure. Uh, it all started in 2017 to 18 when we start looking to the Internet of Things market. I think everyone is aware of the potential of Internet of Things. And we strongly believe that there is no one size fits all in terms of uh, connectivity technology in IoT. And when we were looking to the technologies available here, there was no lot of one, and we were seeing that, that some operators in the world work with a lot of one. So we we thought that the market, the IoT market, could benefit from having uh, an IoT networking, the lot of one connectivity here in Brazil, since the the, the MNOs here probably would not deploy their own lot of one networks we had the idea to deploy a neutral host LoRaWAN network. So we have a single network and the investment is made once and it can be shared for different operators. And it can be the traditional operators, but also the LVNO, as you call here, LoRaWAN virtual network operators. So we enable these guys to complement their IoT portfolio using our infrastructure without needing to invest any CapEx and they can have the OPEX growing, the cost growing together with their evolution on the IoT business. So it's a game-changing business model, Daniel. Like uh, 
we discussed uh, in Paris also. Uh, this wholesale business model is uh, just uh, awesome because your customers may be operators or businesses, whatever, or even cities, and why not uh, local communities or, or startups. You've been uh, very strong uh, in uh, utilities and asset tracking these last years. And could you elaborate on these uh, specific verticals? Yes, sure. Um, when we start designing our value proposal here for the IoT network, we strongly believe on the on the role of uh, the anchor customers. So. I think it's interesting to say that on the asset tracking, and especially on car and cargo and trucks tracking, there was already a business on lot of one here in Brazil going on because these companies, the insurance segment, they had already figured out the, the relevance of the of lot of one, the, the lot of one technology on, on the tracking and recovery of their stolen assets. So they were kind of testing their own networks at some extent. So seeing this movement, the opportunity we saw is that to, with the rollout of our network, to potentialize these this movements. So take advantage of these guys that were already mastering the technology and together with our shared uh, neutral host infrastructure, they could benefit from it and, and, and take bigger movers on the, on big, bigger moves on their strategies and we saw it happening and it was quite interesting to see how this market had evolved and i think we have very interesting case here and metering was another very good example because uh there was this was a a, a market in the early stage when we started uh, there was some initiatives but not much and we saw a, a lot of one as a very interesting technology for this because of the low consumption and also because after some time there was quite a, a good ecosystem available for metering as a whole like power gas and water and it was a, a good surprise for us to see just before the pandemics but through the pandemics this this market has evolved quite a lot we saw it growing several times during this this the, this pandemic times that was quite tough for everyone. And even after that, it's still growing. We see the market, the, the ecosystem quite strong on this. And we see that there is still a lot of potential. Just to give you one number, in Brazil, utilities as a whole, consider all kinds of utilities, they have almost 100 million meters of all kinds. So if you imagine the potential of this converting for all kinds of technology, but a lot of one included, I believe it's it's very interesting to see how it goes. And there are other, other verticals that we can explore more in. Okay. Go ahead. So, Daniel, you partner with Everynet from the beginning. You were the first in the world for ATC to set up this wholesale business model. I know that now you are also evolving with maybe hybrid or new business model. Uh, can you summarize first the benefit of the wholesale business model and also how you move to some hybrid uh, business model on the last mile? I think it's an interesting partnership because American Tower Engineering is not a technology company and to deploy such business model in such a network, there is a strong technology component. So having ever noticed our technology partner, we have the potential 
to do it together and make it better. So I think it was interesting to do it like that. And on the hybrid models, what we saw is that once we start going on the IoT project, and especially when it get, uh, start getting traction and scale, you realize that you need to be flexible because you have no control where the, the device, the things will be located and which will the specific needs of each case. So, of course, we try to, to address some needs and some, some requirements that comes from the market, but still, we saw that in some cases, it's so specific. So sometimes it's very remote place, like remote farms or, or very underground place, like third floor uh, underground. So we realized that we will not be able to address all kinds of. So we we decided that we should go for also for a flexible model that we should that we we call here extended coverage, where we enable our customers to deploy their own gateways and connect it to our network, so they can have connectivity wherever they want, but we without needing to depend on us to do uh, uh, this deployment. And they can have whatever setup they, they want there and the, the connectivity and the between the, the, the two networks, let's say the extended network and our public network is completely seamless. So they don't need to worry about any kind of integration. They can just do that. And, and we have through Evernet, a partnership with uh, several gateways providers that can be used on this kind of model. So it's very smart because you are able to bring the value of a public network as well as a private network. So you become both, right? And you don't compete with each other. <laughs> And so we just complement each other for your customers. Is there a maybe customer use case you are proud of? And you want value today? Or a project, a specific project that you think that, wow, that was uh, either bringing value or maybe uh, solving a problem in Brazil that is key for people? Yes. I think, I think tracking, asset tracking was quite interesting because when we started here in Brazil, if you saw, uh, Most of the, the IoT markets, the Internet of Things markets, were basically uh, basically M2M SIM cards. So, and these M2M SIM cards, they go basically on, on card trackers and credit card machines. So, and the, 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 the user of it was quite basic, if you see. And they, they, they send information about the device and, and and about the, the locations and, and things like that. What we saw through the, the, develop, the development of this, this vertical here in Brazil is that the solution provided become very sophisticated because with the, 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 the low power consumption of LoRaWA and also the, the, the low cost that they could get through this neutral host model plus the, the decisions that they made on the device side, they are able to deploy many devices on a same truck, let's say. So in a truck, they have some device and in the cargo, they can choose each one of these cargos and put some device inside of it as a spy device. And throughout the, 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 the logistics of any one of these, these trucks, they can track the cargo 
And if anything happens, let's let's say that something is stolen, they are able to use the technology to track this and also to recover this. So it we can see that it really changed the way the business is modeled. But the insurance business, if you think, because they have now better conditions and higher potential, higher higher probability to recover an asset that was stolen. And, and it changed the, the value chain as a whole. So I think IoT, the, the main potential of IoT is realized when we see things like that. It's not about the, the amount of device or amount of data you generate in, in, in a specific use case, but, it, but it, if it's when you see IoT solutions changing the way the business is made because of this device and this data that comes from it. So I think that should be the end game for every vertical. And I think this is exactly what has the potential to drive scale as everyone wants in IoT. So our wish is that we see this in all verticals that we are involved in. Okay, very interesting. So Brazil is a large economy, a powerful economy. Uh, 90, 95% of innovation uh, in IoT comes from Brazil. Um, what are the specificities of this uh, Brazilian market? Uh, do, wh where do you see the opportunities for LoRaWAN in Brazil? Yeah, I, I still see a lot of opportunities, uh, Remy. I think, as you mentioned, Brazil is huge. We have around 220 million people here. Uh, if you consider the number of SIM cards of mobile phones, we have 260 or 270 million. So we have more than one SIM card, one more, more than one mobile phone connectivity per person in general in the country. Um, and all the numbers here are huge. Like some people say that we have even more cows than people here. Since agribusiness is a huge thing here. But if you get any kind of asset, the numbers are huge. Meters, light poles, anything related to smart cities, around, I don't know, probably seven to eight million vehicles also, uh, if you consider trucks and, and motorcycles. So there are a lot of opportunities. Today, our network is quite present in Brazil. We have around 70% of the Brazilian GDP covered. It, it goes around 110 million people in total. And we, we could even do more, but the point is we are not worried about the, the number of people with GDP that we cover, but we are wor worried about the, the amount of opportunities and potential that we are co covering today with our network. So that's, that's our main concern, if you think. So as I mentioned, tracking and, and, and meeting was quite interesting, but I still see a lot of potential. I, I can mention two, three verticals. First one, Smart cities, there is a lot to happen on this. And we know all the challenges when you talk about uh, making business with the public segment. There are some different rules and, and timings that we, we must respect. But we start seeing interesting things here. For example, public lighting remote control is starting to get traction here. We have a lot of PPPs, uh, private public partnerships going on in the market as a whole. And as part of this, a big portion of this value is through efficiency. And the efficiency can for many things, but we believe that this remote control can be one part of this efficiency. So 
We have projects on public lighting and we see it as a, as a huge potential. Uh, and there are others. We, we have fluid sensors deployed on the, the network for municipalities where they can control the traffic jam in, in, related to a specific uh, event of uh, fluid, considering uh, the data that they get from the sensors. Uh, we, we, we see other potential use cases that can be deployed. But at the end of the day, the main challenge on this is how the public uh, entities manage the data that they get from it and how they deploy the, the use case in, in, in scale. And two other verticals that I could mention is agro. Agribusiness is always present when you talk about Brazil, and I think it's a, it's a huge potential. And smart building is also interesting because we have a lot of buildings and there are a lot of use cases inside of each one of the business. And to unlock all this, I think that is a very important component that the role of the integrators. We see and we talk about this a lot in the market now because we see the ecosystem quite well developed. So we, we say that normally connectivity and ecosystem are not blockers for projects anymore. But the presence of integrators, and we can elaborate more of that on the, on the next question, is very relevant to drive scale. Okay. Uh, integrators are global, like American Tower is global. Uh, you have a strong influence in Latin America, but also in Europe and the US. And you have also strong relationship. Did you start implementing an international strategy, starting to think about roaming yet? I think it's a good question. I think it's... Uh... Uh, uh, move that makes sense. I think the main point is that all this kind of evolution should be driven by demand. And the reality is that we still haven't seen much demand for that yet. We are open for this. I think it's. Uh, I think it makes all sense because it's a way to potentialize uh, infrastructure that is already deployed through partnership agreements. So the potential partner doesn't need to deploy another network. We don't need to deploy a network there. So we can use each one uh, 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 infrastructure to potentialize it. But the point is, we still haven't seen much demand for that. Some small projects, yes, but not much demand. I think maybe one of the reasons that Brazil is quite big and the projects are still uh, happening inside of the country. But if, if you see demand eventually, I, I think we it makes all sense and could be true with any country or any player. We just need to figure out the best model to do so. So, Daniel, after 10 years working in IoT, I've not understood many things, but there is one I understood, I think. Um, the job of a LoRaWAN operator, the first job of a LoRaWAN operator is not to deploy the network, but to grow an ecosystem. And you were one of the first in the world to understand that, right? You put a lot of effort working with universities, local uh, developer communities. Could you share with us uh, what you did with this uh, very important ecosystem for you? Yes, yes, sure. Yeah, Remy, I, I could say the same you said. I... I have learned a lot of things. And one thing that I have learned is that IoT without ecosystem is nothing. 
when we, we start working with IoT, there was this, ah, there is a lack of connectivity, a lack of technology and all this, and we deployed the network and we saw like, the, the, we solved the connectivity, the network, but still without an ecosystem, it doesn't matter. So what happened? Uh, we decided to launch together with the network an initiative to foster the ecosystem, and it's called IoT Labs. So it was basically from our experience interacting with the market during the pilot, and we basically saw it as four main pillars. First one, awareness. People need to understand. People need to understand that IoT is more than PowerPoint and beautiful numbers and dreams. IoT is happening. There are devices deployed there. There are use cases that are already possible to be implemented. And we even call it as IoT in Rio. We have this, this hashtag that we use a lot in Brazil. IoT na real, that we say that it's happening now. It's not something for the future. It's not something for the next technology. So we, we have uh, uh, cases, we have white papers, we have um, video cases, and even solutions running here that we can present to our customers for them to, to, to experience it. Education is a big part of it. And from both sides, technical and business, Technical, because a lot of guys come to us asking how I start, how can I buy this, deploy that, and all this. And business, because it, the end customers that are the main part of this business, they need to understand what's possible to do and how they do that and with whom do that do, do that. So it's very important for us, this education part. And since the beginning, we have invested on that together with our partners. There is the third thing is that the matchmaking. Once you have a huge ecosystem, a lot of solutions. In Brazil, we have over 100 solution partners, over 200 solutions on the, on the pipeline, we can say. Okay, but what do we do now? Who is working with who? Who can offer what to who? So the matchmaking, the connecting the dots is a very part of it. It goes through events, it goes through the web, you have a website to do so. So we try to connect these parts and, and try to, to foster business through that. And the fourth thing is that very important is partnerships. Because we, we have limited resource as everyone. We cannot have uh, infinite people involved on this. So we realized that since the beginning that it was impossible to do alone. So our main partners, of course, have net uh, and, and they, they have a huge uh, role on that. But we also have partnerships with universities, uh, startup accelerators, municipalities, so they can have the access to our network, they can have access to content and support and our ecosystem, so they can develop their own use case, their own even local ecosystem. And we believe this decentralized way to develop business and ecosystem is the best way to get far. So we, we strongly believe on that and we have been fostering this a lot since the beginning. Okay, so in a nutshell, it's to drive the network effect, right? IoT is a network effect uh, business model. Uh, Daniel, uh, what if, if you would bring one message to the Brazilian IoT market, what would it be today? I think the main point is IoT is real. It's happening now. I don't understand that 
connectivity technology or ecosystem is the main blocker anymore. I think maybe it was when we started, but many things happened since then. There are plenty of technologies, plenty of ecosystem available and that can be used. And there is an infinite potential of use case and things that can be done on this context. I think there is a strong opportunity for two things, for the end customers to understand what's possible to be done on this, with this technology ecosystem and use IoT as an important part of their digital transformation strategy. So we need to be very close to the customers and the customers. And it's not our direct uh, role, but we understand that the operators and the virtual operators that work with us, they have all this opportunity to work with the end customers and unlock this potential. And there is this role of the integrator that is very important. What, what we always say about it. And sometimes the, the integrators are global, as you mentioned, but sometimes they are local. And I think it's the combination of both is, is very rich. Why? The IoT, value chain is complex. You have device, connectivity, components, data, applications, integrations, and whatever. It's complex. And the end customer, normally, they don't care. They don't want to know what's behind the IoT magic. So they need someone to abstract all this complex and deliver real customer to them. So that's one part of the thing. And the second part is each business is very specific. Meter is completely different of tracking, that's completely different of public lighting. And each one of these businesses has all kinds of specificities. It's, it's legal, it's uh, accountability, tax, all kinds of technology and, and, and physical ones. So there are all kinds of specificities that must be handled by someone. We understand that the integrators are the main guys on this. The verticals and the projects that we, we are seeing with you that are going in scale, that are going well, smooth, and they have more potential. If I could mention one thing that they have is that they have relevant integrators doing the hard job. Okay. So I think that's a very strong message and I still see plenty of opportunities for more integrators like that. Uh, develop their business models and develop proposition to fill this gap in the market. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense. Daniel, you convinced me. If I want to register to your network, connect my devices to American Tower do Brazil, what, what do I need to do? Yeah, there, there are some options. One option is to connect, to contact you with some of our operators, virtual network operators. Uh, you can find the contacts uh, through iotlabs.com. I think that's the easiest way. But also, you can always reach us through LinkedIn or any one of the social medias there, and you redirect you to any one of our partners. I think that's not gonna going to be the blocker for any interesting business opportunity. Do you really think that Brazil can win the Soccer World Cup against France? Of course, I believe. <laughs> I have no doubt about it. I have no doubt about the chance. But if it's <laughs> going to happen, we're going to need to talk again in December. Oh, you are wise, guys. 
So, uh, anything to add? No, I think it has been great, uh, this conversation and the whole journey you have been having so far here. And we understand that there is plenty of opportunities. I think the, the, the best and the, the biggest things on IoT are still to come. And we still hope to see a lot of nice things to, to happen on this market. Thank you, Daniel. Very exciting. Thank you, guys, to uh, listen to the One Network show. Feel free to register to our landing page. You will be able to review the videos forever. Uh, expand our One Network Show uh, community. Thank you. Follow us on LinkedIn and looking forward to seeing you with new interviews. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes and sign up for new episode alerts and visit us in person at NLIT in November. Talk to you very soon.